0: hello and welcome to the self-sufficient hub podcast i'm carl from selfsufficienthub.com and i'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency sustainability and food security matters hello everyone and welcome to episode 177 of the self-sufficient hub podcast i hope you're all safe And well, I apologise again for this episode going out a little bit later than usual. I try to release them first thing in the morning on Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays, and this one's going to be dropping Friday evening rather than Friday morning. It's just a reflection of how busy I am, not just at home on the homestead, but generally across my entire life at work, at home and everything else. I've had my car in the garage again today and I've got a full weekend of work work, nine to five type work. I'm working full days, Saturday and Sunday, so I'm trying to squeeze in as much as I can where I can and Something's got to give and unfortunately the uh, the timing of the podcast is one of those things but fret not please don't think that the uh, the small hiatus I had over the Easter holiday and the tardiness of the release of this episode is a reflection on where the podcast is going I'm still very very happy and committed to making these they're a extremely useful tool for myself I genuinely get a lot out of them so please don't think that we are going anywhere we're not and uh, today's episode is going to be another four before and it's four things to do before the end of April. I do have a couple of small pieces of housekeeping to do beforehand though and the first of which is to say that with this being episode 177 we are fast approaching episode 200 and 200 is going to be another ask me anything episode. The last one was episode 100 and you can submit your questions for the ask me anything episode where you can literally ask me anything and I will do my best to answer you. It can be as homestead related or otherwise as you wish but uh that's going to be episode 200. If you want to submit your questions, there are several ways you can do it. The very best way is to leave me a voice message that I can actually use and play your question on the show. You can do that by following the link in the description, in the show notes, which allows you to leave a voice message. Also, you can do it just by using the voice message or voice memo app on your phone and record it and email it in and of course our email address for submitting questions that way or as an email is as ever self-sufficient contact at gmail.com you can also leave questions in the Facebook group there will be a dedicated post where we can leave our questions and I'll be putting that up I would think at some time today but if not over the next two or three days there will be an episode two 200. Ask me anything. Post there that you can submit your questions in. The other thing I wanted to say is that as of now, as of April, I'll be having a four before post every month. Again, in the Facebook group, so you guys can chip in and let me know and keep everyone up to date with how you're getting on with the four things to do before the end of the month. What I really want these to be, what I'm trying to build, is four things that everyone can do whether you are using a really really small space and just getting into homesteading or whether you have a much larger area but four things that even though everyone can do it It's four things that if you do it, if we all commit to do these four things every month, you'll look back on the year and you will have had a more successful year than you otherwise would have. So that's my goal with these four things to do before episodes. So today we're going to be talking about four things to do before the end of April. And like I say, there'll be a chance for you to share your results on these things in our Facebook group. And the links to find our Facebook group, as ever, is in the show notes as well. But I'm sure you already know how to find me there. The last bit of housekeeping I wanted to share was a little bit of feedback. And it's from Vicky Parnaby, who's one of our active members in the Facebook group, actually. And she contacted me via Messenger to uh, say a few things. Among them, the following. There's an empty horse paddock on my allotment site, and I've applied to keep goats there. The groundskeeper is on board so I just need the suits at the council to agree in their next meeting. My partner has also joined the Durham Beekeepers. Keep up the awesome work, you really are changing people's lives for the better and I wanted to share that because it's just such an amazing message and I really appreciate it Vicky and I have to say also that I got that message when I was having a rather difficult day there were quite a few things significant things that hadn't gone my way and uh, that really really did cheer me up and you know makes me feel that everything that I'm doing is worth it which is you know Such a boost, such a boost to anyone. So there we go. That's all the housekeeping out the way. So without any further preamble, let's start talking about the four things to do before the end of April. Now, the first one is one that I'm sure everyone will be doing or planning to do anyway, and that is to sew something. April is such an important time, particularly, and we're talking about the Northern Hemisphere. I will just quickly say to my listeners in the Southern Hemisphere, and I know there are lots of you, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to re-release all of these as a sort of sub-episode that... My Northern Hemisphere listeners can ignore, but uh, I'll re release them in six months' time so that they're in sync with you guys, and I'll label them as a Southern Hemisphere re release or something so that you guys are going to have your own to do as well. We're just a little bit out of sync at the moment. We're not quite six months in, but uh, that's my plan with those. But us in the Northern Hemisphere, and actually. As I as I say that, I'm thinking even in the summer southern hemisphere, what would it be now? April, May, June, July, August, September, October. So it's not too late. So even in the summer summer southern hemisphere, be be sowing something. There's probably brassicas you guys can be getting in as winter crops or some kind of suitable plant depending on your location, but wherever you are, wherever you are, sow something before the end of April. Now, that doesn't mean if you've already done a load of sowing in March and if you're planning on doing sowings later that you've done it, no, you have to sow something in April. And if you were planning on sowing things in April anyway, then I'm going to encourage you to just add one new variety one new plant or one new type of plant that you weren't planning on sowing so to sow something as a result of my urgency in telling you to do so is the first thing to do before the end of April the second thing to do before the end of April is to introduce a new perennial and i'm really talking about edible perennials and Again everyone can do this. Now depending on your space you've got all sorts of options. It's not the perfect time of year really to be putting in bare root fruit trees. You might be able to get potted fruit trees that you want to put in but for example what I've added this year so far is we've added a load of raspberries that we added in the winter and recently I've added some tea plants, some Himalayan tea plants which we're going to be used to using to make tea with later in the year but there are so many choices for you guys to use and to draw from and I will just mention again Martin Crawford's amazing book titled Edible Perennials and if you haven't checked that out yet I urge you to do so but have a think and introduce one extra edible perennial this month now If you've got a big space, perhaps you want to think about asparagus. Asparagus plots are amazing. You need a little bit of patience. They take a few years to establish. But once they're established, then you're going to crop them for literally decades If that's not your thing, if you're not thinking that you want to do asparagus, if that's, you know, you don't have the space to commit or perhaps you're not living somewhere you're going to be long term, then you could think about a small strawberry plot. Strawberries are edible perennials that are going to self propagate and just go on forever if you let them. So perhaps you want to think about introducing some strawberry plants. You might be you know, even more confined in space and perhaps you're only growing in small pots. Well, there are lots and lots of perennial herbs that you could plant. But whatever you do, however you look at it, make sure that you are introducing one additional edible perennial to your cycle of plants this month and that's going to put you ahead for the future so you know there's too many for me to list them all but another one that just springs to mind is globe artichokes globe artichokes you can grow right now from seed and they're going to be quite happy in a pot at least for a little while but what i love about edible perennials is that you once you get them in the ground you can almost forget about them that's the beauty of them so if you are able I strongly urge you to lean towards ones that you can and will be able to be sown into the actual ground because again it just reduces the amount of maintenance required of course you're going to have to check what's the best thing for your situation for your climate etc etc but there you go one edible perennial and sow some seeds those are the first two in our four things to do before the end of april it's really easy for you to get in touch with us you can do it either by sending an email to self at gmail.com or by using the link in the show notes to send us a voice message you can send us a voice message just using your phone you could also reach out to us on facebook where we have the self-sufficient hub group and the self-sufficient hub page. We're always thrilled to get your feedback, questions or suggestions for future topics on the show. So number three on my list of four things to do before the end of April is to forage something. Spring is a fantastic time of year for the forager. There is so much out there, so much just springing out of hedgerows and grasslands and woodlands everywhere you look. It's really difficult. I I mentioned in a recent video on YouTube that it's really difficult to take a step in the outdoors at the moment without passing an edible perennial. And as with Oh, edible perennial sorry with it with a wild edible a forageable wild edible I forgot what item we were on there for a second so get out there and forage something and as with all of these things you know I want you to take these four things as something to slightly challenge yourself with so if you're a a really new novice forager you can start with something really really simple like nettles or dandelions you can make nettle soup or dandelion tea or a million other different things there's so many fantastic resources out there online and in the library where you can find yourself a really good guide or a good YouTube channel or something like that that talks about foraging items that you like, that you can get on with, but get out there and forage something. So if you've never foraged anything before, like I say, you can start really, really simple. Start with some dead nettles. Those are the ones with the white or purple flowers that don't even sting you. And, uh, you know, these are all amazing free food that's available to us. Make some nettle soup, Or perhaps you want to find some chickweed. Chickweed is an amazing wild edible that is a great lettuce replacement. And this is a great time of year to be foraging because it is in that hunger gap. This is when we're producing less crops from our garden than at any other time of the year. So to be able to use these wild edibles at this time to help fill that gap is really, really useful. Wild garlic is another great one that is out in abundance near where I live at the moment and it should be really easy to find and identify. Another one that I strongly urge you to try at some point is common hogweed. Now, I'm talking obviously predominantly about my situation here in the UK and it's going to vary depending on where you are in the world. But wherever you are in the world, I'm in no doubt that there are going to be wild edible plants just springing up at this time of year. Like I say, it's something that gets me really excited because it really is a great time of year to be foraging. Now you will find, or at least I find in my experience, at this time of year is mostly greens and salad type plants. But there's also lots of herbs and things like that. But we don't tend to get many of the, you know, nuts and mushrooms or well, none of the nuts and few of the mushrooms at this time of year. So it is more the greenery, but that doesn't mean that we can't get out there and enjoy it. So forage something. And again, set that bar at the correct level for you to kind of push yourself a little bit. I've mentioned a few times that, you know, if you're a complete novice forager, then set it, you know, nice and simple. Go and find something really, really easy. But if you're a little bit more advanced, you've done a little bit more foraging, then go and look for something a little bit more unusual. Perhaps go and Make sure you or spend some time seeking out somewhere where there's wild watercress or arrowheads or something like that growing in the wild. There's just a ridiculous amount out there at the moment, and it's a great time to try and make the most of it. Finally the last thing in my four things to do before the end of April and I must give a huge thank you to the Pajama Gardener for this who was on last week's episode on Wednesday and um, it's actually one of his YouTube videos that kind of gave me this idea and he's been talking about growing cress and pea shoots and how Cress in particular can be this amazing almost gateway into learning how to plan things like successional successional planting and adapting how much of what you're planting to meet your family's needs and I just, I love this idea, it's fantastic, and he does a really good job of, you know, setting out why you might want to grow something as simple as cress, that perhaps, and I will admit, I'll put my hand up and say I'm guilty of this, that I kind of overlook, you know, I I sort of gave up growing cress when I got a nice big vegetable garden, so I want to urge us all to revisit it. Cress and pea shoots, peas which you can grow from just the dried peas in the supermarket and you can grow them really, really simple on a really, really simple substrate. They don't require a lot of compost or anything like that. I urge you to go and check out the Pajama Gardeners video on this topic. But what I want you to do is to grow some cress or pea shoots because they're going to give you a super super quick crop that might even inspire you to continue growing them throughout the year. It's definitely one I'm going to be doing. I do I'm really trying to take my own advice and practice what I preach with these four before episodes. So, I'm going to be growing some cress and I'm going to be growing some pea shoots. Now, the reason I want you to grow these, it's the hunger gap. These are just amazing crops. Cress is going to be ready in a few days and and pea shoots not far behind them. I'm also going to experiment this year and encourage you to do the same is to grow some pea shoots where you're actually going to let the plants grow on fairly big. I'm going to grow some in a pot and I'm going to grow several all you know too close really to form much by way of harvestable peas or anything like that but what I am going to do is continually harvest the shoots as a sort of cut and come again type crop this is something that I've seen in Charles Dowding's garden online when his YouTube videos and I just thought it was a great idea but cress pea shoots something that's going to turn around within a few days or you know a couple of weeks get that planted and this is something we can all do and I just think it's It's a great idea at this time of year, so there you go. Those are my four things to do before the end of April. Sow something and sow something that you probably weren't going to sow, introduce or increase your number of edible perennials by one at least, and uh you know you're spoilt for choice there as to ha- where you take that what you do with it and uh, Number three, go out and forage something and i urge you all to embrace the wild and uh, bring something home and it doesn't matter if it turns out that it's not the favorite thing for your family to eat it doesn't matter you'll have uh, you know crossed a barrier and it's highly highly addictive stuff and then finally grow some crass or pea shoots something really really simple and go and check out the pajama gardeners gardeners video on that topic as well. And please, please, please don't forget to post your results. Let me know how you're getting on. I'm going to be starting a thread on this topic on the Facebook group, along with the Ask Me Anything for episode 200 thread. So hop on and let me know how you're getting on. I want to see all of your results. I want to see what you've planted. I want to see what you've foraged. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I will speak to you on Monday. If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.